0: The Ewan Grant Podcast, the Limestone Coast Triple M. G'day, it's Ewan. Welcome to the Ewan Grant Podcast, and welcome to everyone joining me on the Listener app. Love So Coasters, Barb Sanofskis from the Mount Gambia City Council is going to drop by, talk all about the Valley Lakes and what is taking place after the fire that took hold at the start of the year. We're also going to talk about under the Convention and Recreation Centre under construction at the moment. We'll have all the details for you in a moment. One of the other things I want to do, I want to catch up with an ex-local to the Limestone Coast. She grew up here in Mount Gambier and across the region, she went and uh, ran away to the Defence Force. And let me tell you, she has done amazing things. I have got Air Vice Marshal Catherine Roberts joining me to talk all about her role in Space Command but right now, let's get things underway. Barb Sinovskis joins me from the Rangamia City Council. Barb, good morning. Good morning, Ewan. How are you? I am fantastic. Now, Barb, first of all, we get to talk about Wallanda and I am so excited. I watch the progress of the Wallunda building going up each and every week. It fascinates me. Mm,
1: it is. It's, uh, it's really exciting. It's really coming to life. Uh, I think I've said that every time I've come on, but it continues to do so um a lot of uh the areas are getting close to around 85 percent complete uh if you go past at dawn or dusk and you'll see the lights on inside it really is something special to um to see and uh yeah every time we go through and do a tour there's more and more that's happening on the inside so the um the courts, the acoustic treatments have all gone up, we've got a lot of the AVs being installed, uh, the plant and uh, mechanical equipment has all been installed. Uh, we've got tiles are going up, the paintings being done, we've got the aquatic area is nearing, um, is getting a lot closer to completion uh, upstairs in the uh, in the multifunction room. Uh, the operable wall's being put in, the glazing's being put in, uh, the uh, the commercial kitchen. We've got a warm shell in the commercial kitchen and a bar upstairs. That's all coming to uh, to life. And we've got the youth area downstairs, which is almost complete. We've got the meeting rooms on the... Uh, northern uh, side of the building, they're all coming to completion. Uh, The gantry and everything's being put up in the Western Bank of Courts. uh, And, of course, that's where uh, it's been designed to be able to host our uh, major events and, um, you know, music um, shows, expos and the like. Mm. Um, It's just, yeah, it's all really starting to, to move along.
0: Now, I've seen a whole lot of the time-lapse photography that Council has done. It's fascinating to watch. Are we going to get to see more of what is going on inside the building as uh, the certain areas get completed?
1: Uh, We are looking at how we can make the internals more visible um, and do some little virtual tours to really open it up for the community to see uh, what's happening inside. How cool is that? I
0: cannot wait. Sort of watch this space (laughs)
1: tour stuff. Very
2: much
0: so. Now, Barb, what are the other things that's going on at the moment? Council, of course, are dealing with the Valley Lakes and the precinct after the fire uh, that Mm. devastated the area at the start of the year. What's going on there?
1: Yeah, this has been a fairly uh, gradual process, but we've had to stay focused on the risk that's associated with reopening the areas. Uh, But we've uh, had some engineering reports that have been able to guide the way that we have slowly reopened uh, areas for the public. We're at a point now where the blue gum areas, we're going to be tidying up some of the trails uh, and we should be able to open that area back up to the public, uh, hopefully within about the next three to four weeks. Browns Lake, we're looking at being able to reopen that. We're just, um, there's a small area that we need to still protect in case there's there is any rock falls uh, and that will be um, protected with some temporary fencing. Mm. And uh, so then, you know, the golf, disc golf uh, people will be able to get back in there and it really will start to um, be almost back to normal. With the exception of the pine area behind Carina Gardens and the trail from Centenary Tower down through to the base of the... that is going to remain closed indefinitely Uh, we've had another report has been um, uh, well, another inspection which has given council a report to give us some guidance as to how to deal with those pines and there's some stakeholder engagement we need to go through to be able to see what that maps out to be uh, over the coming and some of it will be over a couple of years Um, but we're custodians of the site, but we need to work with key stakeholders because we don't actually own the site as well. So there's still some state heritage advice that we need to get uh, and working with um, uh, organisations such as the Landscape Management Board, uh, with Burundi's, as to how we're going to clear and then revegetate those areas moving Mm. forward, which is exciting, but... um, uh, also, it'll be good for us to be able to work with uh, those that are really directly affected around those areas as well.
0: Barb, a case of watch this space once again, but work is going on to assure people Absolutely. that that there there are things that are taking place. Yeah, correct. That's mm. exactly right. That. Barb, it's always fascinating to catch up. It's always wonderful to talk about Wallanda. Cannot wait to gossip more about what is going to be a fantastic centre for the entire Limestone Coast. Thanks for joining us this morning. Beautiful. Thanks a lot, Ewan. Take care. Now, Limestone Coasters, I have got a very special guest for you this morning, and I do mean a very special guest. And Limestone Coasters, it's a lady I reckon we were talking about about a year ago. The RAAF's Air Vice Marshal Catherine Roberts is the inaugural Defence Space Commander. She's also a self-confessed science buff, which means that we are going to get along great. And she grew up here in the Limestone Coast. Air Vice Marshal Catherine Roberts. Good morning.
2: Hey, good morning, June. How are you going down there on the limestone coast? It's oh,
0: It's very chilly down here at the moment, Catherine, I can tell you.
2: <laughs> Probably not as chilly as Canberra.
0: <laughs> Catherine, how long did you call the limestone coast home?
2: Well, certainly um my first two years I spent in Mount Gambier. I learned to um I learned to swim there and um not in the Blue Lake, that would have been that would have been fascinating, but I learned <laughs> to swim in, um and I remember it vividly because um, my mother tells me stories all the time of, of climbing on the house roof in uh, East Lake Terrace and from when I was a toddler. So um, apparently scaring the neighbours and my mother. I,
0: <laughs> I suspect. Catherine, what led you to the RAAF?
2: Well, look, I've always had a fascination for things that are science and technology. And, you know, I, growing up in the country, which I, I did. Um, up until uh, the late 70s when I went to high school in Adelaide, Mm -hmm. um, I really had to have a a big imagination because we really didn't have much in the country Um, and I I studied really hard maths and science and, and I liked really creating things and then, There was this great opportunity to do engineering in the Air Force and I wanted to make a difference in the world Um, and I sort of saw engineering as a way of making a difference to people's lives and so I joined the Air Force and you know as a almost just a 16 year old I got to be independent from my parents which was um, absolutely amazing back in the day.
0: And what inspired you to get into engineering in the first place?
2: Oh, look, I was, it was maths and science. I was really keen on doing something that made a difference. Um, and the choice was really medicine or engineering. And engineering was slightly harder to get into. And I like doing hard things. Um, so engineering was the one that I chose.
0: Catherine, looking back as a 16-year-old, did you ever think that the RAF or RAAF was going to be something that would lead you to a lifetime career?
2: Ah oh, no, I don't <laughs> think so. I mean, you know, I liked planes and I liked space, and you know, I'd been inspired by seeing Neil Armstrong um, go on the moon uh, back in the in the 60s but i i don't think i really thought that i would be in the air force for that long but it's just been such an exciting journey you know i've done 22 23 different jobs and and now this one you know being a space commander that is the most exciting title that you could have and a fantastic job
0: <laughs> i'm going to ask you about that in a moment but my, my question for you is over the 23 odd years that you've been in the uh in the Defence Forces, you've been involved in some very, very cool things as part of your journey. What has been the the highlight of the career in the RAAF so far for you?
2: Um, well, the highlight is definitely this job. <laughs> um, you know, I think that I've had so many different jobs from testing aircraft and jumping out of aircraft to, um, you know, being part of the most recent um, Loyal Wingman program, which, you know, designing a... An uncrewed, um, artificial intelligence-driven um, aerial combat vehicle—the first one designed in Australia for the wow. last uh, years. You know that—that that was in my last job, but this one is better. <laughs> so,
0: so, Catherine, tell me what the Defence Space Command uh, role uh, means and, and what the job entails for you.
1: So
2: look, I think, you know, everything that we do in Australia um, relies on space. So if you're driving and navigating using Google Maps, you're using space. Uh, In remote areas of Australia to get the NBN, we use access to SkyMuster, our financial systems, using ATMs, and importantly too, we get our weather from space. So it's really important um, from an Australian perspective and in the military, it's really critical to our operations on earth and and we call it the ultimate high ground so space command being is so because space is so important to the military and to our day-to-day lives we've set up space command within defence and we have army navy Air Force, Australian Public Service and industry working together um, under an integrated headquarters within the Air Force. And what we're trying to do is assure Australia's civil and military access to space. So all those things that I talked about Mm. in terms of Google Maps and ATMs and the NBN, we've got to assure our access to those. And we also need to assure our access to do military operations in the land, air, sea and even maritime domains.
0: And Catherine, what what will it mean, I suppose, over maybe the next decade or even two or three decades? Because one presumes this area of defense space command is only going to grow in purview.
2: Yeah, look, it definitely is going to grow. And I think, you know, we're very much linked up with the Australian Space Agency, also, of course, housed in South Australia, mm-hmm. um, which is really looking at creating more than 20,000 jobs and increasing our GDP um, significantly with the increase in the space industry in Australia. So um, that's really important, I think, to be able to actually um, make sure that we can invest the $7 billion that's going to be invested in space by defence over the next 10 years. So we're really going to grow our capabilities and we're going to grow our ability to be able to protect um, critical infrastructure that Australia relies on in space.
0: Catherine, you've obviously had an incredible career and it's a career that has opened so many doors and amazing opportunities for you. Um, you've come from the Limestone Coast. You've, you've reached the heights in defence. What would you say to anyone who is looking at a, uh, not only a science-based career, but maybe a career in defence?
2: Uh, what I would say is defence is just really exciting because you do different jobs every two to three years and you get to play with some amazing tech. That's the... <laughs> part of it in me but you know it's it's just a, a great opportunity to be able to um, use the imagination that you have in any field and space is a great example where I don't just need stem people I need every sort of person um, if you look at the longer term when you're going further in the moon to Mars missions you know all of the arts areas come in, into play as well too and psychologists and psychiatrists as as well as um, as people who who look after just the health and well-being of us all, so um, geologists is another area where we're looking at you know things that are occurring on the moon and and further in Mars. So just about if you tell me any job that you want to do, that job will be available in space pretty much uh, into the future.
0: Catherine, I was blown away when I learned that you had grown up in the Limestone Coast and you have gone on to be the Air Vice Marshal. Um, it is absolutely sensational, the job that you are doing. I am very, very jealous, and I am just over the moon that we've got to chat about this morning on the radio. <laughs>
2: good, good space quip there, over the moon. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Thank
0: you so much for joining us this morning for a chat, Catherine. Good luck with the new role.
2: Thank you very much, Ewan, and, and say hi to everyone down there on the Limestone Coast for me.
0: That's it for today's podcast. I'll be back on Tuesday for everything Limestone Coast. You can catch up with me live on the radio, 6 a.m. weekday mornings on the Limestone Coast, 963 Triple M.